Peace be with you, friends. It is Trinity Sunday. It's oftentimes referred to as the preacher's nightmare, or better yet, the Sunday to ask the bishop or local theologian to come and preach at your parish. On the other end of the spectrum, Trinity Sunday is more than likely no picnic for the congregation as well. I mean, for most of us, theology is something preachers do. Theology is something priests study. For most of us, it's good to know that those folks, the preachers and the priests, understand that stuff. But for me, the ordinary congregant simply sitting in the pew, theology doesn't really have all that much meaning or effect in my daily living. Well, what would happen if we threw all those notions out the window? Let's say the preacher was actually excited, interested, and fully engaged in the prospect of attempting to enlighten and enliven the congregation to the possibilities, to the ideas of who the triune God was and is and is to come. And what if those possibilities, those ideas of this triune God, then actually began to make sense to the ears of the hearer? Can we possibly imagine then that the reality of the theological implications of the triune God might actually make not only a difference, but a huge difference in my life? Well, let's find out. I, as the preacher, am willing to take on the task if you, as the listener, are a willing audience. Perhaps on the other end, both of our lives may be changed for the better. The difficulty with the preacher's task is oftentimes we, the preacher here, not the congregation, begin by asking the wrong question. We often begin by asking, who is this triune God of the Nicene Creed? And then, how in the world do I attempt to explain this triune God to my friends in the congregation? It's here then we come up with somewhat vague and perhaps misleading analogies of the three-in-one concept. Three-in-one, such as the concept of water being in three forms, yet one substance. The forms of ice, liquid, and steam, yet all consisting of H2O. St. Patrick has a very nice analogy of the cloverleaf. Three leaves, yet one stem. Nice ideas of which I believe I have used in the past to try and explain the triune God, but I have found them to be wanting in many, many ways, and also leading slowly down the path towards some types of heresy. Yet, more importantly, these images leave you, the listener, with many questions as well, such as, so what? So what if this God of which you speak can appear like ice or liquid or steam? or neatly put together like a clover leaf. What difference do these analogies then make in my life? So then, instead of attempting to understand the Trinity from our point of view, from the human point of view, let us allow God to reveal to us who God is from God's point of view. Let's begin by asking the question the other way around. How might God the Creator, communicate to creation who God is? Or how does God communicate to us who God is? What type of language might God use? What type of word may God employ? What type of object might God use to communicate to creation who God is? 
The Bible tells us God is love. For love to be fulfilled, for love to be complete, there must be two persons involved, two beings, one being the lover, the other being the beloved. In the biblical story, then, I have come to understand that God the Father is the lover and that God the Son is the beloved. The uniqueness of how God the Creator desires to communicate with creation who God is is found then in the Bible. The unique and complete intimacy between the two, between the Father and the Son, is seen in many biblical passages. From Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, we read, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. From the beginning of the book, the biblical narrative wants us to know that God, our God, creates us out of love and that creation comes forth from a loving relationship between two beings. From the Gospel of John, then, chapter 1, we see a sort of Genesis-Exodus mix of Old Testament wisdom and understanding of the Godhead with the New Testament revelation. John reads, In the beginning was the Word. All things were made through this Word. This Word came to dwell with us, to live with us. Thus, through whom the world was made, this Word came to dwell with us. That's not a direct quote, but a fairly accurate paraphrase of the thoughts from John chapter 1. Within these words, however, we see that through the Word of God, God created all that has come to be. That creation was completed, accomplished, with the Word made flesh. The one who came to dwell with us, that being Jesus of Nazareth. Again, the, uh, from the Gospel of John chapter 14, at the scene of the Last Supper, Philip, one of the disciples, asks Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus here is imploring his disciples to open their eyes to see Jesus for who he truly was, one with the Father. And again, from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. From the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 27, Jesus said, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Here we begin to see and understand the close intimacy between the Father and the Son, like they are one being, totally in sync with each other, totally in love with each other. Again, from the Gospel of John, Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And then finally, from John chapter 17, the great high priestly prayer of Jesus. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. 
the words prayed here by Jesus, the words spoken by the one to one who is truly in love with the other and intimacy only known by those totally yoked together as one. And so, because God is love and love must be shared to be complete, to be fulfilled, the beloved Jesus accomplishes the will and love of God to creation by becoming a human being and dwelling with, living with humankind within creation. Then, amazingly, that love is shared between that love shared between the Father and the Son is given to the creation, is breathed into human beings, is sent from heaven to earth to be shared between the lover, the beloved, and then into the creation. Thus, the three members of the triune God, the lover who is the Father, the beloved who is the Son, and the love shared between them, sent into creation, is the Holy Spirit. Allow me the opportunity to provide a few, just a few, biblical texts concerning the sending of the Spirit. From John's Gospel on the evening of the first Easter Sunday, Jesus appearing to the disciples in the upper room who were hiding behind locked doors. John tells us that Jesus appeared to them and breathed on them, breathed on them the breath of life and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. This breath of life, this breath from above, this sighing is really the love between the lover and the beloved, between the Father and the Son, audibly given through Jesus' sighing of the Holy Spirit. From Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly, now listen for the sighing of the breath of life, suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, this breath of life, this breath from above, through Jesus is breathed upon the disciples in the form of a rushing wind, this time to fill the disciples with the love between the lover and the beloved. The love between the Father and the Son, that breath of life being the Holy Spirit. And then finally from Revelation chapter 2, we read, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the city. This river of life, which flows from the throne of God and from the Lamb, then is nothing less than the Holy Spirit flowing from the lover and the beloved into the creation. So on this Trinity Sunday, rather, that we human beings asking the question, who is this triune God of the Nicene Creed? Let us uh, let God, through God's biblical word, tell us who God is. God is love. Love to be complete needs a lover and a beloved. God tells us who God is through creation. Let us make humankind in our image and through the word made flesh. 
who is Jesus. That love, then, that is shared between the lover and the beloved is breathed upon creation, the Holy Spirit. Three beings of intimate love shared into creation. Well, some of you may be saying that's all well and good, but so what? I mean, I understand that God sent the Son to save the world, to save me. I'm grateful. I really am. I'm thankful. Don't, don't get me wrong. But does it have any other meaning than this? Well, glad you asked the question. From this vantage point, then, may we come to a fuller understanding. First and foremost, if the Holy Spirit had not been sent, if the Holy Spirit had not been breathed into creation, then we could never have known who Jesus was, is, and is to come. It is through the Holy Spirit that we know Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. That somehow in human form, Jesus, fully God, fully human, is the complete expression of the invisible God. Through the Holy Spirit then, somehow, some way, we are wrapped up in this love affair between the lover and the beloved. And here is where the full expression of the love of God may be fully understood. If we only have a couple, a lover and a beloved, we do not have a community. Somehow, with only having the two in this picture of love, we miss out on the communal aspect of knowing God. You see, God created a good world, a temple, as it were, for His community to live in. Thus, when we, God's creation, are caught up wrapped up in the love between the lover and the beloved through the breath of, the, of life, the breath of the Holy Spirit, we then complete God's creation through living in community with one another. We then become genuine human beings by living within the bond of love between the lover and the beloved, between the Father and the Son, becoming the holy community of the living God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, this is Trinity Sunday then. When your family and friends have occasion to ask you what you believe, why you believe in this triune God, tell them. It's a story between a lover, the beloved, and the spirit between them in which we now live. Amen.